All right, can everyone hear me? Yeah. I can hear myself, and it sucks. <laughs> this is weird. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> okay, my name is uh, Jonas, and I'm an alcoholic. Bye, Jonas. We love you, Jonas. Lots and lots and lots. Okay, um, <laughs> me and my ego, thanks you for that, that was great, and uh, I'm so fucking nervous, dude. <laughs> yeah, I probably am, and like before this I had all these like worst case scenarios, and yeah, I was actually talking to Morton because I, I was totally freaked out when, when I was asked, asked to do this, well thank you whoever asked me, by the way, um, because I felt like I had to, like, come up with some super fucking smart thing to say, and, like, it's going to blow your minds, and, and, you know, I'm going to get invited to speak at world conferences, you know, <laughs> like, do the week-long fucking workshops and go through everything, you know, and, and like, that guy just looked at me and was like, dude, that's not why they want you to speak, man. He's <laughs> like... If they wanted someone to talk about their understanding of the whatever tradition, they would ask someone else. They want you because of your story. And uh, that helped. So that was just like, now just down to one fear, and that's total amnesia. <laughs> and uh, it hasn't kicked in yet, so um, we're good. So yeah, um, I'm from, uh, I was born and raised and did most of my my drinking in Gothenburg, Sweden. And um, now I'm living here in, in Denmark. Um, yeah, big woo. Uh, <laughs> and my home group is the Men Me Men, men's group on... Yeah, best, best eaten in town. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's at Thursday nights at, what, 8.15 or something, and we eat before, and it's, it's great, and um, that group kind of didn't really save my life, but it kind of saved my recovery, yeah, and my sanity, you know, um, I didn't have much before, before I came to Denmark, actually. Anyways, um, my childhood was, like, pretty nice, I'm the love child of a psychologist and an anarchist. And uh, <laughs> that turned out pretty well. Like, <laughs> well, it's true. Um, like in my in my close family, there's no no alcoholism or addiction, and like they didn't beat me or abuse me or call me names or anything. They were just like normal, nice people trying to raise me. And um, I don't know if they did, did a good job, but they did a job. Um, <laughs> but. Like what? What the thing was that from like an early age, I felt different. Like I didn't like myself, but I had a huge ego, so I knew that I was better than you. I just fucking hated myself and you, by the way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like a the paradox of my life. Um, but yeah, I really didn't enjoy living. I didn't enjoy existing. I didn't enjoy fucking doing all the stupid stuff that kids did in my school, like play football. Like, I never got it, you know? Um, 
I did enjoy things that took me out of reality. So I started reading a lot of books. That was like my first obsession. I read books all the fucking time. I didn't do anything in school. I just went to school because they had a library and that had good books in it. So I read books. And at an early age, I realized that there was something called um, mind-altering substances. And I just knew that that was the solution to me or to life, you know? And, um, yeah, so I started drinking as soon as I could. I don't know how old I was, maybe like 12 or 13 or something. And, uh, yeah, when I say drinking, I also mean smoking and popping pills and freebasing and shooting up and snorting. But I'm going to make it, like, push it all into drinking because um, I don't differentiate much between alcoholics and, and addicts. I mean, it's just the same same illness, and I mean, if, if the AA book didn't work for addicts, I would be dead. So, you know, I don't make much of a difference. God, my mouth goes dry so fast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the whole issue was that um, drinking didn't really solve my problems. It took me away from my problems, and like it gave me a, a short, short time of unconsciousness, but it didn't really fix anything. What, what it actually did to me was that it made me hate myself even more and it made my life completely unmanageable. You know what I mean, I can't pronounce the word. <laughs> and um, so I'm just going to skip all the boring stuff. You know how it is to drink. You know how it is to use drugs. It, it's, it's pretty much terrible <laughs> for the most time, you know. And um, when I was 18, I was sent to my first treatment and fortunately that was a 12-step treatment and um, yeah I was angry with that place for a long time because they destroyed it you know because I thought that I had the solution in in the form of booze and and they they kind of made it obvious to me that it wasn't a solution it was actually a, a large part of the problem so um, after trying you know after treatment trying to do meetings and drinking not at the same time, but like <laughs> pretty much very close to it. And that didn't really work out for me. It made everything so much worse. And I really, really, really started hating myself like a lot, <laughs> you know. And, um, and the horrible thing was that alcohol didn't really work for me anymore. It was like reality got so intense that not even when I was one second from passing out, I could, could I deny that I did something to myself that was really bad and destructive, you know? Um, so in, um, in 2002, several treatments later, um, I was in a, in a treatment place and I ran away. I went back to my hometown with a, with a guy from the, from the center. He had lots of money and like, my plan was to rob him once we got back to town. But, but then we got drunk on the bus and became friends instead. And, um, but he had a lot of cash. And like, the deal was that we were going to stay at a, at a hotel and we were going to do like fancy drugs and like bring champagne and be like in a rap video. And, and uh, then go back to the center a week later and say, oh, sorry, can we come back? Because you know? people did that. They wanted to make money in this place. So they didn't kick you out for nothing. And um, the thing was that... I stayed away for four days, and that was like 
no, not like, that was the worst four days of my life. Nothing worked, even slightly. I didn't even get drunk. Like, I got wobbly, I got sick, but I didn't get fucking drunk. And um, I tried to kill myself before, but not properly, so I didn't die. So, like, that wasn't an option. And obviously drinking didn't really work for me, so the only thing I could do was to, to come, go to the fellowship and ask for help. And um, luckily, when I asked for help, people were, were happy to help me. And they said, come to our meeting, do 90 meetings in 90 days. This was another fellowship, by the way. And they told me to do 90 meetings in 90 days and get myself a sponsor and do lots of service. And I did that, and it worked. Um, I, realized, I realized a couple of years later that they, they also talked about steps. But what they said about the steps is like, well, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a big deal, so focus on staying sober, you know? Yeah, but that was pretty good news for me because I didn't, like, I, I was reading them and they saw, like, yeah, the first three I could do pretty fast, but like four, write stuff down. It seemed like a lot of work for, I don't know. So uh, when they told me, like, take it easy, I took it easy, you know, and I took it easy for um, six years. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not going to say that those six years were, like, really bad for me. I, I, so much stuff happened with me. I became slightly more responsible, and I became, yeah, slightly, slightly less criminal and, <laughs> and uh, way better at being dishonest. <laughs> and, but I mean, I did a lot of cool stuff. Like I did shitloads of service, and I think that's what what actually kept me kept me like in the fellowship and in the meetings because I got something from it, you know. And um, yeah, and all of a sudden, one day I'm like, I, I did all these big changes in my life. I like when I was two years sober, I realized that society was fucking boring, and I didn't want to be a part of it. So I became a fire performer in the streets instead. And uh, in the beginning, I was pretty bad, so I had to get a job. And I was living in Stockholm, and I was driving the, the metro. And, like, I thought that I was going to be, you know, the working-class hero and do the metro for the rest of my life. And, like, after two months, they fired me for being a safety hazard. <laughs> um, you know, like, my attention span isn't, isn't something to brag about, really. And... Surprise, surprise, driving the metro, you're underground in a tunnel, you got a stick that says forward and stop, and you have a button to open the doors, you know. There's not much that can go wrong, but <laughs> apart from killing people, I did all the things that can go wrong. Um, I opened the doors while still in the tunnel. Um, I forgot to stop at train stations because of... <laughs> Like, I was going really fast, and I was filming it with my phone. <laughs> yeah, well, stop clapping, stop clapping, because it gets worse. Because I got lost. Twice. Sober. Yeah. Yeah, sober. Sober. So, yeah, they fired me, and I said that... This is an excellent chance for me to, to save my life and, like, don't be a part of this fucking 
crappy society, so I wanted to save my life and I wanted to save my relationship, so the best thing to do was to move to Barcelona and live on the streets. <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> the relationship ended kind of abruptly when I went to Portugal for a rape festival with two Israeli girls. And I didn't cheat, but that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for that relationship, you know. I was a complete fucking asshole to that girl, and yeah, I'm, I'm still working on the amends. It's an ongoing process of staying away. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what happens, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna squeeze several years of being a bum, like, you wouldn't believe it, but I had a shaved head, I had what, 22 millimeter earrings, and uh, yeah, shaved head with dreadlocks on the back, like barefoot six months a year, and doing fire shows for, for change from, from dumb tourists in, in, in Barcelona, and other places. And um, so I went to Thailand, and I met a Danish girl, and uh, I ended up in Copenhagen, and I started hating, like I, I'm, I'm some people say that I'm angry, and I like to say that I'm very passionate. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was an angry man, or angry boy, according to man's body. <laughs> what happened was that I, uh, I got sick of doing fire shows because that was really hard. Like, I had to practice a lot to, to, to like, maintain a certain level, and I don't like to, like practice a lot, so, um, so uh, yeah, I came to Denmark to hang out with this Danish girl who's, who's my, my girlfriend, and we have a kid today, and it's all pink and, and, and awesome, but, and, um, where was I? Yeah, I came to Denmark, and I was really angry. No, I was really passionate, yeah? <laughs> and one day, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, in, I'm in the metro, yeah, and, uh, like, this guy bumps me with his shoulder, and since I'm very passionate, I turn around and shove him in the back. You know, and like there's a small scuffle or shuffle or whatever it's called, like a small fight. And, and I go to a meeting and, you know, I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm upset. Like it's, it's so horrible, you know, it's, it's so hard being sober. Yeah, by the way, I used the meeting as my free counseling sort of. And, but, but I got really offended when people like, well, I had that problem and I did. It's like, dude, don't fucking talk back to me. <laughs> like, Fuck, man, I'm sharing, I'm sharing like, all my emotions, and you answer? Yeah. So I'm in the meeting, and I'm, I'm whining. I'm, I'm being so pathetic, you know? It's like, oh, it's so hard, you know? I've been, I've been sober for six years, and I mean, I thought it would be better than this, and I'm all, all angry all the time. And after the meeting, this American guy comes up to me, and it's like, yeah, well... You know, I feel your pain, bro. And it's like, yeah, I had the same problems. And it's like, yeah, right. And, and he says that, you know, I, I, I found a solution. It's like, okay. He says that, yeah, um, have you heard about this book? It's like the blue book. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> and, you know, I went through the motions of considering just punch him there or like take him somewhere else and just, I don't know butcher him, <laughs> but, but no, um, at that point I was, I was kind of, I was kind of fed up, 
with being angry. And I was in I was in Copenhagen. I didn't really understand Danish because it's like a weird, weird accent of Swedish. And no, yeah. So. Um, Really, 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 like what what happened was that I kind of, I kind of surrendered, and like I gave up because basically I realized that like my my opportunities of of having like all all this wasn't very good if I'm going to continue like doing nothing, just being angry. And this guy seemed like, even though he was an asshole for for saying it, like he seemed like he had. Something. He was like he was he was really calm, you know. It's like hippie calm, like <laughs> you know, like scary. So um, so yeah, I said, all right, fuck it. You'll be my sponsor. Number what was he? It was like number five, I think. Maybe four. I never mind. And um, yeah, I moved a lot. And yeah, people told me I had to have a sponsor. So I, every time I moved, I got a new sponsor, you know. And just like this person that I say, hey, do you want to be my sponsor? I'll call you, and I never did. But <laughs> I asked a lot of people to sponsor me. Anyway, um, he took me th- through the steps in, in what, three months? And, like, today sometimes I feel like I wasted six years on being angry because, like, the difference was huge, you know? Like, what, four or five years ago? I, I still would have done the speak if they asked me, but I would have said different stuff, and I wouldn't have promoted the steps. And um, I would walk away feeling like, I don't know, like I sold myself or something. Um, no, just the thing that I could wake up in the morning and, and my face wouldn't hurt because I wouldn't clench my, my jaws in my sleep. You know, I wouldn't break my own teeth from, from being angry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like destroy every human relationship in in my life because I'm just completely incapable of being wrong <laughs> you know I'm like I'm I was the kind of guy I, I I still am the kind of guy that has to be right it's it's better you know and and uh, that's great yeah someone once told me that you can't be right and happy that sucks. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. It's true. And it's, I mean, it's a bit of a bummer that it took me six years to figure that out. But it's actually true. Like, I can be right and I can tell myself that I'm happy. But if I force my will onto you, I'll feel bad afterwards because I have a, some sort of a consciousness, you know? And, and yeah. Um,. Well, time's ticking, huh? Um, I feel like I, I still have two minutes, by the way, so I could stay up here and be funny, but like I'm, I'm kind of blank in my head now, and I'm not going to waste your time with dumb, dumb penis jokes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was my backup. That was my backup. Like, if I really fucked up, Nils is going to pinch me, and I'm going to tell a funny joke and run. But it's fucking awesome here. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to speak. Sorry if I offend anyone by cursing. Write about it tonight. Thank you.